Hey, hey, homebodies, what's up? It's your girl, the Toad Lady, Rachel Presser, uh, coming to you live from New York. And today we're going to be discussing sea-themed bathrooms. Why not? Because, I don't know about you, but I've just always been curious about this whole phenomenon. Like, ever since I was a little kid, you know, I've always been seeing you know, all these bathrooms that have, like, nautical or, like, sea-life kind of themes or beachy kind of themes to them. And it just always made me curious why people did this. And um, I thought that, you know, maybe it was just, you know, an East Coast thing at first because, you know, having lived in New York and New Jersey all my life, you know, hey, we're a pretty big Atlantic hub. It makes sense that, you know, people like being near the beach, if not, you know, on the shore or, uh, you know, on a very tiny island, as is the case in New York, um, that, yeah, you're at least, you know, close to it or reasonably close to it and it's just like oh if i can't you know if i can't really go to you know atlantic city for the weekend at least i can just you know, think about it while i'm taking a dump and looking you know at this blue wall and uh yeah like white and white and blue shower curtains or tile work or whatever else seems to fit that very beachy kind of theme if not, you know, actual motifs of things like anchors, fish, mermaids, and other, uh, you know, marine life and paraphernalia. Um, I just always was curious yeah, about this phenomenon, like, why do people in America do this? So uh, why, why is it so widespread? Um, how did it get started? Um, surprisingly, I actually could not find a lot of information on this. That was just what made it even more perplexing. Uh, because, you know, it is, because, I mean, I don't know, I find it pretty interesting, you know, learning about, yeah, the history of how people, you know, use their living spaces, why certain design um, decisions get made, whether it's purely for aesthetics or it has some kind of practical use, like thinking in New York City terms, um, because, hey, that's what I'm the expert on here, home stratosphere, um, is that, yeah, like, when you take a look at some of these older buildings uh, downtown, like, you see, you, know, you see these brownstones in Brooklyn, you know, you see, like, a lot of those ones, you know, in the village that go for millions of dollars now, but they were once pretty, you know, modest homes at one time, and the reason why they have such high stoops is because, you know, before we had the MTA, before we had cars, before that was all a reality, you know, people got around uh, by horse and buggy, um, by trolley to an extent, um, or streetcars, rather. Um, yeah, just based on you know, old pictures I'd seen and hearing some of the stories. Um, and the reason, yeah, why those stoops are up so high, like the door is so far away then, is because the streets used to be like literal rivers of horseshit. Uh, but, you know, that was just unavoidable when the horse is your main means of getting around. You know, it was before, you know, yeah, it was before we had cars. It was before we had, you know, the subway. It was before we had any of that stuff. Um, yeah, so horseshit was just a reality you had to deal with, and hey, they gotta go like we do. So the streets literally got full of horseshit, and people didn't want that near their homes. They didn't want seeping in and get, you know, contaminating where they live. And so that's why so many of those old brownstones had such super high stoops in comparison to the, you know, to the tenement buildings that got torn around. Though if you check out some of my other work um, here on Home Stratosphere, you'll find that tenements have been making a comeback. Yeah, go see the episode, um, an art, an accompanying article 
about misery dorms. It's pretty disgusting that ten that uh, tenements are making a comeback. Well, luckily it looks like we're not having to deal with literal horseshit. We are definitely dealing with it in a figurative matter. Um, anyway, so yeah, design considerations like that, you know, come up. Whereas the whole um, beach and the toilet thing seems to be purely aesthetic. Um, it's not just New York and New Jersey, though, that has this. Um, yeah, like, seating bathrooms are also very popular in Florida, very popular in New England. And apparently New England is where it all began, just based on what I'd seen from various pieces of folklore on the internet. Of course, when you're reading stuff on the internet, you always want to take some things with a big peril assault. But unlike other historical, um, you know, studies I, would, I had seen about yeah, how we use things and places within the home, how buildings get designed. Like, there wasn't any authoritative, um, you know, material from schools or from architecture societies or home and garden, um, even home and garden shows and magazines I could find that actually said, oh, this was the first sea-themed bathroom that we became aware of. Um, the way that the folklore basically goes is that so because these sea-themed bathrooms are so popular in New England where... Um, those fishing villages especially you know, have those quaint little historical buildings and the whole idea is that vacation rentals are, yeah, because that's the whole idea, vacation rentals meant to make you dull, feel like you're on vacation, you know, you don't want to, maybe you don't want to feel like you're just in someone else's house or just like in a hotel, like the whole idea is, hey, like, I'm in this fantastical place far from home and having like that beach-themed bathroom just helped drive that feeling home like think about it like an you know, would and the person who was staying there on vacation thought that was really cool and thought hey maybe i should actually emulate this in my own bathroom and then other people saw it and then thought it was cool and thought it was like you know pretty unique thing to do now it's in shitters across america now easily millions of homes have you know, these very, like, nautical-themed bathrooms, even if you are nowhere near an ocean. Uh, because, yeah, when I was in Chicago, I actually saw this uh, demo for Phoenix. Um, well, all right, at least Chicago, yeah, you got the lake shore and everything. I can maybe understand that to an extent. I mean, a lake is not, you know, the sea. I mean, whereas I'm, I'm from the, you know, big, scary Atlantic seaboard, but... I can at least understand, okay, the lake is pretty freaking big, but what the hell was it doing in Phoenix? Like, what was this whole, you know, yeah, like, palm tree shower curtain and, like, tan toilet tank deal doing in Phoenix? You were nowhere near the water, nowhere near it. And when I was actually, yeah, like, on my, yeah, having my Phoenix trip this year um, for a business conference, I was just all, like, wait, yeah, like, palm trees, are apparently not native to the area either based on what locals had told me. I was like, oh, that's kind of crazy. I'm seeing both palm trees and cacti so close together. I'm no, you know, I am no horticulture expert, but something seems kind of off about this. And yeah, apparently palm trees are invasive species, just like the cane toad. Introduced, um, and apparently it's got some equally disastrous uh, outcomes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so... This whole beach-themed bathroom thing just caught on after, you know, somebody went on vacation in New England and thought that the concept was cool, brought it back, and then it got imitated to the point that it exploded just like the King Toad. First, it was just a few toads 
And then, you know, it exploded in population. Now I think there's over, like, 300 million of these toads in Australia. Same thing, there has to be at least 300 million seething bathrooms in America. They just, you know, bred, not, bred uncontrollably like the cane toad. Well, the toad league, I gotta make, you know, some toad analogies here, come on. Same idea, an invasive species, just like the cane toad. Um, as for the appeal, as for why this has endured, because... Like I said, at first I thought maybe this was just a regional thing, but then I found out how widespread it was. Um, I also thought maybe it was just a 1970s thing, because, like, hey, look, haven't there been, you know, all kinds of themes with fashion, with interior decorating, um, with music, you know, over the decades? And, like, I feel like, I feel like maybe in the, you know, in the 2000s, now that we got, you know, 2020 coming on, maybe it's just because I've gotten older and these, yeah, past few decades are... Or what, but it does feel kind of more a amorphous to me. Um, well, yeah, there are some things I could pinpoint as being definitively 2004 or definitively 2010. I still think it feels a little amorphous, but unlike, say, I can pinpoint out, oh, this hairstyle is definitely the 70s, you know, or oh, this clothing is definitely from the 80s or the 90s. It's, I think it's a little more amorphous today, but I just remember growing up. Having, the, yeah, this bathroom wallpaper that would have made everyone at Britain Co. want, want to fucking emulate themselves. This wallpaper was so hideous. It was just, you know, it was you know, it was white with, like, these brown seahorses that just, like, it looked like the, oh my god, what was that horror movie? It was, like, where that creature's, like, going, kill me, because it's just, like, in so much pain um, from existing. Yeah, that's, like, the kind of vibe these seahorses had, and, like, it was just... This disgusting mess of green and brown, and it was just depressing and ugly. Like, the rest of that goddamn house I couldn't stand. And it was just, um, I remember just, like, having a stare at that. And then then when we had a little remodeling job, though, um, yeah, we got actually a seashell toilet, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, if not, I would have, although something about it just did seem, even though it was, like, what, 1994 by then? Yeah, it still seemed kind of dated. had this very, like, 70s Greek god aesthetic to it. Because remember when that was very big back then? Yeah, and so I thought that, yeah, maybe it was just a temporal thing. But no, there's... No, seating bathrooms um still exist. And so, why do they still exist? Because, I don't know, taking a dump, taking a shower is, like, the closest thing that miserable Americans have to vacation time, basically. Yeah. Because we have no other way to go on vacation, and that's apparently what does it. Yeah, like over 30, according to Forbes, over 39 million, million Americans can't afford to take vacation. The closest you get is turning the crapper into a beach, because this place is sad. So yeah, if you want to see more critiques, you know, of uh, home design and um, create, you know, really uh, crazy, um, fun, whether they're fun or whether they're harebrained, um, design decisions, uh, frequently made in homes and the way that we use American architecture. Yeah, check out more of my work on homestratosphere.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Homestratos. Uh, catch more episodes of this podcast, got more cool stuff coming up, and I'll catch you again next time.